0: Welcome, you are listening to the Smoky Acres podcast. I'm your host, Charlie, and this is the podcast about my imperfect journey to homestead lifestyle and lowering my environmental footprint. So I have a really special episode for you guys today. I had an interview slash conversation with my younger sister, Lanny, and we not only dive into her personal life, um, but her journey through activism. So it is a little bit of a different episode, based off of what I would typically post about the hobby farm, and it's a little bit longer. It's just over an hour. So I hope that you bear with me. I think there is a lot of really awesome information in here that is super important to get out there. So I hope that you tough it out through our political rants and like personal anecdotes, and absorb this information. I do have a couple disclaimers here at the top. One, we did this interview remotely through Zoom, so it's not the greatest audio. There's sometimes when her audio cuts out a little bit or we get some feedback or I just am louder than her. So I apologize about the lesser quality of audio this time around, but I just still thought it was important to put this episode up on here. I also have to just give a trigger warning as well. Um, We talk a little bit about sexual abuse and assaults, as well as racial abuse and discrimination. So if those topics are major triggers for you, this episode is maybe not for you. Most of that does take place in the second half of our conversation when we dive into her latest project working with a group of young women called Egan Callout as they tried to make some major changes in the district that we both grew up in ISD196 and specifically Egan High School. So that's where the majority of that conversation happens so you could probably get through at least the first half of this episode if those are major triggers for you. Um, I also really hope that you all make it towards the end of this episode and listen to the information about Egan Callout. It is super important. These women are doing amazing work and trying to make really great structural change that I very much support, and they could also use your help with your contribution, whether that is speaking out and making this project and their efforts more known on social media, also contacting the district superintendents, whether that's emails or phone calls about supporting the efforts that they're trying to do. As well as they have a petition that is linked on their Instagram at Egan Callout. And they need some more signatures. So get over there and sign that petition for them. And just show them some love, whether that is with your voice or your dollars. Anyways, I hope that you enjoy this episode. And we will get back to our normal scheduled programming next week when I have a conversation with Kyle about the time that we lived in a camper. So enjoy. Hi. Hi. Welcome to the podcast. But for those of you, for the people that like don't know you, which I mean, it's probably not that many people because I think the only people that listen to this podcast are our family. (laughs) But For those who don't know you, why don't you tell everyone a little bit about yourself?
1: Lanny, um, It's like Annie with an L. I do a lot of things. I consider myself an artist in many ways. And I also am an activist. I've been doing a lot of things um, within my Minneapolis community here. Um, Yeah, we'll
0: touch on that more. Like, I want to get into your activism a little bit. Um, But then for people who don't know, you're my younger sister, but you're the... I am
1: 20, in a couple weeks I'm going to be 21, um, and I live in St.
0: Paul. And you're the middle child, so you're my younger sister, but you're not the youngest, and I had that interview with Ryan, like, a few weeks ago or something, Yeah, I guess- she's the youngest. So you get to be an older and a younger sister, best of yeah. both worlds.
1: Yeah, it makes me very complex.
0: <laughs> or just trouble. mm that as well but yeah so you are living in St. Paul or- yes I live in St. Paul but I rent Minneapolis <laughs> I always be confused between the two and I can never remember and you've moved quite a few times in the past couple of years so
1: yeah. well I've lived all over like my whole life so
0: what do you-, you work at a Japanese restaurant called Sakana I do
1: I am the new manager of it Yeah, it's a really good restaurant, all my friends like it, and they don't like it just because of me. I feel like they would tell me how they actually
0: feel, but um,
1: (laughs) I love the owner, and she, like, treats me like her friend slash, like, mentor, so I love her.
0: Well, and you started there as a host, right?
1: Yeah, I started as a host last August, and I became a server in the winter, and now I'm the manager in less than a year, so.
0: That's crazy! You know, I was at Blackwoods for two and a half years before they let me be a server.
1: Blackwoods was also so trifling, too, because she was like, you're such an amazing host. I don't want you to leave. And it's like, if you're so amazing, you should be, like, promoted. Like,
0: Yeah, that's pretty cool, though. It makes it more of a secure job, too. Yeah, and I
1: mean, she knows my plan. Like, She knows I plan to like move to California, New York in a year, and so we've talked about that.
0: Those are very different places, California and New York.
1: I'm still debating. I'm leaning towards California just because of the weather, but New York was, like, always, like, my dream as a child, so I am I still struggle. I've been staying in California lately, but I'm still struggling.
0: Something um, I've been trying to do differently when talking to people, too, that, like, when we're talking about, like, tell me about yourself kind of stuff, not to talk about just, like, your job or where you went to school or any of that but like what your passions are and I would say one of those is probably like your modeling career although it's also a job it's something you're definitely passionate about yeah I I
1: like modeling a lot and I tell people all the time that I use it as like a stepping stone into other things because I do want to like act and I'm like Mm -hmm. working on like music and like learning music production and stuff but um, I do genuinely really, really like modeling and like meeting a lot of people. Like my roommate, Cooper, um, we met and the reason he lives with me is because um, this makeup artist who we both are like really close with introduced us and like Cooper's a model as well. So I meet a lot of really cool people through it. And I actually like, it's been really, really, really slow because of COVID, like I haven't gotten any jobs obviously. Cause- yeah.
0: they, I imagine like things like fashion shows have been put on hold.
1: Yeah, fashion shows aren't going to happen anytime soon, although New York Fashion Week just announced that they were going to do their fall, so that'll be interesting. Really? I don't know how it's going to go. I'm sure they're going to have to, like, take a lot of precautions, but I was honestly going to look into it, but it does kind of scare me because New York is still
0: populated,
1: mm-hmm. but my actually just emailed me the other day about um, a commercial
0: job, so. Oh, that's cool. For, like, what, like, sell or something? <laughs> no, <laughs> oh, for Plato's Closet.
1: But they want to meet me, and, like, on um, my agent's website, I, it's not updated, so my hair is different, and I look different, I have lost tattoos, so I have to go meet with them, and I'm hoping my tattoos won't make them change their minds.
0: So. Mm-hmm. I'd probably say that's another passion of yours, huh? Getting tattooed. I don't wanna, this is
1: my new... Well, I guess they can't see it. I just got a new tattoo, my first one on my finger, and my mom cussed me out about it. <laughs> well,
0: didn't you say to you guys were at lunch, and she was like, please just don't get a finger tattoo, and you had, like, just gotten it?
1: So randomly, out of the blue, it was like, whatever you, please promise me you won't get a finger tattoo. But I don't even know why she would say that she knows I want fingers. Like, I want my whole hands covered eventually, so she's not going to win.
0: And what does it say again?
1: Um, it says doll face here, and then it has the lesbian symbol on it, I think. It's, it's subtle, too. It's just, like, the two female symbols, so I'm just like, hey, um, hi. <laughs> if any of you follow me on my social media, it's very apparent, and, um, I don't feel the need to sit someone down and come out, so.
0: It's yeah, just who you are. Um, what would you say your other passions are? I know you touched on music a little bit.
1: Yeah well I bought a guitar um, in the early fall and I played guitar growing up when I was younger but I like was very in and out of it and so like every time I picked it up again I would like only know remember a couple songs that I had learned so now I'm like really committing and I'm taking guitar lessons online and I'm learning a lot of Ozzy and Joan Chat. and I've always like written music like I feel like that's something I never, ever share with anybody, and I've never shared any of my songs with anyone, but I write a lot, a lot of music, and I... It's like, really-
0: lyrics or, like, actu- like the actual music, or just, like, are you writing, like, lyrics to songs? Are you, writing, like, actually composing a song? Well, I
1: write lyrics to songs, and I come up with the melodies, and that's the main reason. Like, I want to learn guitar because I love guitar, and I love the sounds it makes, and I just, like performances with guitar but um, another reason I want to learn that and why I want to learn music productions because I have these melodies in my head for the lyrics that I have but I don't know how to make that I don't know how to like make yeah, it
0: translate it basically
1: yeah so that's something I'm like trying to learn I bought Logic um, which is like a really good music production app for Apple
0: oh I don't really know anything about that. I barely know anything about recording stuff in general, yet I have a podcast where I just kind of wing it. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I have a microphone, though,
0: so that's something. That is something. That's something I need to do. And I've been learning how to edit. Luckily, like, I don't have to do that much editing. Like I told you earlier, I mostly just, like, edit burps out. And... <laughs> I don't know why you have so much time <laughs> <possibly> books. <laughs> What would you say your other passions are? Like, what makes Lani, Lani? I mean, I guess the basic answer, like, I like being
1: around, like, my friends and, like, some family. Um, <laughs> I like, But, I don't know, I just like surrounding myself with people that make me happy. And, um, I don't know, I'm passionate about those around me. And I think that also leads into, like, my activism. Why I'm so passionate about that is because I care about the people around me and how they're treated and how I'm treated. So,
0: Or would you say, like, you've been an activist, or just, like, been very open with your, like, voice, like, you've been very vocal for as long as I can remember, remember, but do you have a time where you know your activism started, or, like, why you think it started? Probably when I was 15, and I actually
1: was thinking about this the other day, about how, like, when I was 15 I was like so vocal within our family and I would like be like no and like yell at people about things or argue or like just like really get into it with family members and like how like I was treated by family some family members or like oh you're like you're just sensitive or you're overreacting or this or that and like a lot of those some of those same family members are the same way but some of those family members are on the same page as me now and I was talking to my friend, um, Nautica has been talking a lot about how, um, a lot of high schoolers, like, children have to, like, teach their classmates and teach their teachers because of their, like, identities and how they feel and, like, don't, and, like, go through this emotional, like, labor aspect of that, and I was, like, yeah, that, like, impacted me a lot, like, I used to, like, cry all the time because of things my- grandparents or mother said to me or like me constantly fighting our mom about like Black Lives Matter when I was 15 and now she like gets it and I'm like wow like I went through so much like emotional turmoil and like just trying to explain that and make her get it and now like she gets it because the whole world is making people get it so I find that
0: Well, and I also remember having conversations with family where it's like, oh, it's just a phase, like, she'll get over this, and she'll stop, like, fighting with people, and, like, getting so angry all the time about things, and that's such a shame that that was, like, not only their attitude, but my attitude as well, like, I was exhausted by you when you first, like, got into activism, it was like, you were always trying to fight with me, or always, like, yelling at me, and I think, although... I agreed with you on a lot of things. I think I didn't really agree with like your approach to things and that's like where we butt heads at. Um, But it's also a shame that like the family had this attitude of like, you are trying to make a difference and like make a better world for people to live in. We're like, Oh, it's a phase. She'll get over it. You know? But I mean, it's now five, six years later. It's not a phase. It's, and now everyone is doing that, you know? Like you were just doing what needed to be done.
1: Yeah, I think like being painted as like angry and sensitive was like, it was very frustrating and annoying for me. And I do think I needed to go, I think because I was young and new to this and had so many emotions about things and not understanding why mm-hmm. like, people are treated the way they're treated or why, like, these grown adults in my family don't get it, and why I do, like,
0: well, yeah, you're, like, it was, like, the first time you started to see a world other than, like, your own, right, since you have, like, it, when it's new, it's, like, so aggravating, like, I feel that's, like, where a lot of people are right now, they're just starting to realize some of the injustices, or that, like, racism still exists, or whatever, they're just realizing it, and I think that's why we see so many people being more vocal and being more angry is because they're all at the same point you were at at 15. Yeah. Where like they're now just like do you realize this is happening and like yelling at people about it.
1: Yeah it's very interesting but I mean I do think when I was younger that I did go about it. I go about it a lot better now and I'm able to like have like productive conversations and there are some people where if they're just being Plain like it's one thing if you're ignorant and you need room to grow and learn versus somebody who's just ignorant to be ignorant. Mm-hmm. Like people that are ignorant to be ignorant, I'm not wasting my time on them. I'm gonna be like fuck you, bye. But I think people that are ignorant. That- G
0: podcast, by the way. <laughs>
1: I'd be like I see you bye. Um, <laughs> but I think people that just need the room to grow and learn because they just haven't been exposed to it. I'm more willing to take the time, and I think that I'm a lot. Me and Marianne were actually talking about this last night, and um, I'm a lot more, um, what's the word, Um, like, patient or something with people. Mm -hmm. I definitely don't have to be, like, Marianne was talking about this with me, too, especially when it comes to, like, my own identities, like, being gay, like, I am a lot more lenient and willing to hear people that are, like, against me and give them room, than I am for people that are against identities that I don't belong to, so I think. That's That's interesting. I don't know why. It doesn't make sense, because most people are the opposite.
0: Yeah, yeah, usually it would be the opposite. Huh. I'm gonna think on that for a minute. But I do, like, I am a strong believer that, like, or just not even a believer, but I don't feel like people respond to anger that well. Mm -hmm. And so, like, that's why we saw a lot of people talking out against rioting, because they don't see it as, like, a productive thing, and, like, when they see anger, people dismiss it, and that's why you get, like, oh, she's just an angry person yelling at me, versus she's passionate, and she's trying to teach me something,
1: you know?
0: And so, I do feel like anger isn't always the best approach, and if you, but if you have someone that's, like, willing to listen to you or have a conversation then it is a little more productive to like try to calmly speak with them but also a lot of people don't listen unless they're being yelled at you know so I
1: think that also plays into like different ways people either teach or they don't have to teach and it's like if you If somebody's attacking your identity or somebody feels type a way about your existence, like, you don't have to be calm and explain it to them. Like, you have every right to be angry and you have every right to yell at them or not even want to take the time to teach them because it's exhausting Mm and I completely get that. Well, yeah, that's something I believe
0: too. Like, if someone, especially like, let's take, like, Black people, if someone is attacking the Black Lives Matter movement, A black person has no responsibility to like explain it to a white person about what, like that is not their issue to deal with. Like they've already like dealt with enough. They don't have to explain. If they want to take the time and explain it to someone, that's great, but that's totally up to that person. And that can be reflective in any issue, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I saw this post
1: that said white people need to stop um, treating white supremacy as like an issue to sympathize Black people as and start dealing it as an issue that is ours. So like Mm -hmm. start, it's it's our problem, it's not an issue to sympathize with. Yeah,
0: definitely. So as you got into activism more, I think it, you started out in a very like political route where you wanted to go into politics to make a change. I mean, when you were an avid in high school, you were voted most likely to be president. So why, where was the switch where you went from political activism, like, I want to be in politics to make a difference, to in the streets kind of activism? Like, what changed for you?
1: I really said I hate all politicians. And I and I mean, like, there's obviously some grace where, like, for example, like AOC. Like, AOC is not a queer politician. She was just like a regular regular person like the rest of us and her brother wanted her to run and like nominated her and put full support behind her and she's so outspoken and doesn't make um isn't politically, like, correct as far as, like, being, like, diplomatic in her answers. She'll be, like, um, F you, F you, this is how I
0: feel. So that's one of her tweets, too, and she, like, doesn't shy around things or, like, try to sugarcoat things or whitewash things in order to, like, make it easier to digest. She's just, like, this is the way it is, and this is BS.
1: Yeah, I love her, and politicians like that I can, like, get behind, but at the end of the day, they're still, I don't know, I have issues, like, before I was always like, Republicans are the problem, and they are. Everybody knows about that, conservatives and their platform, but there's so much issues within Democrats as well, and I don't think I want to align myself with that in any kind of way, and, like, Democrats are just as infuriating to me, and so are smaller parties. Like, small parties are so many issues within that. Like, it's just politics in general. So I think I realized, like, my where I could create the most effect wasn't being in the game of politics. It was more so like working for nonprofit organizations and like working in community building. And I mean, like even when I wanted to go into politics and be a politician, I still always wanted to do the community building and work for nonprofits. Mm -hmm. I just have more emphasis on that now. And I've become very like in the heart of it in Minneapolis. So I've definitely seen the big difference change that can make.
0: Touching back on the political parties, I saw a post that said that the reason, like, everyone wants to just lump us all together as millennials, even though, like, I don't even think, I'm, like, borderline a millennial. I don't even think you're a millennial. We kind of have, like, our own category where we're called zennials. Have you seen that, you know? Where we're like between Gen Z and millennials, like we're in this weird in-between spot. But everyone wants to just lump us all together. But there was the post was about like millennials have chosen the Democratic Party as their party because it is a little more liberal. But we don't actually align with any of the traditional Democratic views. But we also don't align with any of the Republican views. And so we really don't have either way to go. And the system is such a two-party system that we had to choose one. And Democrat seems like the one that we could mold to fit our ideas and our worldviews better yeah. than Republicans. Yeah, so that was really interesting.
1: I 100% agree with that. And I mean, I do, like, I am going to look at the ballot and vote for who I think is the most suited. But at, at the same time, I'm not. I am so against the vote blue no matter who kind of thing. Like that's ridiculous. And I realize the like trauma that Trump is creating and like the things he's undoing that is gonna take a lot of time to build back up. But at the same time, Joe Biden is like a molester and like Trump, like he's like so is Trump. Trump has raped multiple, multiple, multiple women. Even his wife has like his ex wife has like come forward about her um rape that he did. But Joe Biden is not any better. Joe Biden is a creep, and he just has like a prettier face and a prettier platform, so people are like
0: vote blue no matter
1: who. But it's like you're really gonna like I don't know. Yeah, I just it's
0: have like the a- lesser of two evils, and I hate that. That's like what we almost have to decide between is like, okay, who's the best of the worst yeah. kind of mentality, and it is really frustrating. But then there is that fear of like you vote for third party it's almost like a wasted vote or a vote towards Trump, you know? Yeah, no, I agree with that, too. I'm having a really hard time. And I don't want to get into Trump too much because this isn't, like, a political podcast. It's supposed to be, like, homesteading chickens and gardens and stuff. And I want it to be accessible for all, too. So I feel like the moment I start spewing anti-Trump stuff or just get too far into politics, I immediately ostracize some people yeah. who don't want to listen to that. So that's just something I've tried to keep in mind. I've definitely wanted to like shout things from the rooftop, but I've tried to keep this a platform of like more of escapism, like less about politics, you know?
1: When all those things were popping off and mm-hmm. and. Where I live, I did like to like listen to your podcast as like a way to kind of like get away.
0: Do you actually listen to it? I do listen to your podcast. I don't know why you think I don't. I, I honestly just like didn't expect you to. Yeah, I
1: mean, sometimes I like skip over some parts, but I like
0: oh. I like the Kyle interview. I enjoyed that. I thought it was funny. Yeah, it's fun to do these podcasts with, like, another person. It's less of me just, like, sitting talking into a microphone and, like, staring at whatever I have in front of me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so you kind of went into political, less out of politics, more into, like, street activism. So your friend group is also very involved in all of that. Did you find your friend group after getting involved in that or did you all like as a collective start to go in like a activism kind of direction and then made more friends or like how did like did you make the friends through activism or did you guys do find that together i guess is the question
1: both um like marianne for example i've been friends with her she's my best friend um and her and I just like one of the things we really bonded on and got really close about was how passionate we are and how outspoken we are and like she's a political science major too or I was Mm -hmm. um and so that's something we bond over so her and I get involved in a way that's like we're friends the protest happening today instead of like going out to get like brunch and going to the mall, our version of that is, like, going to a protest and, like, meeting people there and, like, marching. (laughs) Like, that's our, like, what we like to do for fun. No, I've definitely met a lot of, like, new people through activism. I feel like being, doing groundwork and also doing organizing has introduced me to a lot of new people or people that I already followed on Instagram Mm -hmm. are involved. Um, So I, like, spread information to them and tell them to spread it amongst their networks or, um, like, there's a few, like, indigenous organizations that are um, community built and for the community um, that I've been a lot in contact with, and some of them are at Black Hill right now protecting that, but, um, so I think, like, them I became close to through my groundwork and being outspoken and, like, being, like, oh, hey, I heard this is going on, sending this to you, spread it amongst your people kind of thing, so that's that's another way that I've gotten close to people.
0: I really do like Marianne, too. I mean, we relate a lot. We're both cancers, and so we approach things in a similar way, and I feel like she knows when to approach something in a gentle way, but, like, also lately, I've seen her, like, popping off at people, basically, like, that one day when she was, like, hey, you were super racist to me in high school, then mow me $20. Like, I was dying.
1: She literally was messaging people to be like, do no, me $20 before I post the screenshots of you saying the n-word
0: to <laughs> me, and they would be like, okay, it was so good. Yeah, bad. I mean, I don't, nec- like, that is not something that I would necessarily, like, do. do myself, and, like, I don't, paying me money for, like, racist things doesn't completely click in my head. But I, like, was getting so much enjoyment out of that because I'm like, good! Like, she's probably been way too nice to these people. If she's anything like me being a Cancer, she's been way too nice to these people who have been racist to her.
1: So I really enjoyed that. I mean, the whole pain, um, the pain money thing is um, partially emotional labor, like, reparations, because she, like, that's the emotional labor aspect I was talking about with me, like, teaching, like, family members, like, she had to teach her, like, counterparts in high school, like, that's a lot of, like, emotional labor, so she's like,
0: pay me for my labor. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I, I get that aspect, I just, like, don't know if it's the best way to get through to people.
1: Oh, yeah, I agree, I think it's just because they're, nothing's gonna get through to them, and she's, there's a few people that, like, sent her apologies and said that they changed and that they've broken relationships off of their like racist friends and stuff and it's like you're not gonna get a pat on the back for that but like at least they're doing something right like, there's a few people that literally would like yell at her and just be racist towards her for calling out their racism this one guy called the cops on her and it's like in this climate you're gonna call the cops on a black woman for saying that you were racist to her in high school like So, clearly, nothing has changed with that guy. He should send her $100.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, I know, too, like, I was thinking about it. It made me start reflecting on, like, my high school years. And we'll touch on Egan High School here in a minute. Um, But it made me start thinking about that. And I'm like, would there be anyone who would try to Venmo me for, like, a time that I was racist to them? Luckily, like, I don't think there's anything that, like, sticks out to me. But, you know, you the things that stick out to you are the things that you're affected by. So, like, I maybe wouldn't remember the one comment I made or something, you know? And so, I've kind of approached it. I was talking with Kyle about this, too. Like, I'm just going to assume that I have been racist in my past. And then, like, try to grow from there. Oh, I was trying to think of what my response would be if someone did what Marianne was doing. And I was like, I think I, like... I don't understand people responding with anger. I would just be like, yep, here's the $20 and like an apology and talking about like how I have tried to grow, you know? That's what it should be.
1: Yeah. the difference. Microaggressions are still racism. Microaggressions are still homophobic, etc. cetera. But I do think there's a difference. And somebody who like asked me, how do lesbians have sex is like, that's a microaggression, it's annoying. Mm-hmm. And I like that question. But it's very different from somebody looking at me and being like you're going to hell you right right and i feel like that's so different and people that ask me like weird microaggressive questions like i give them room and i'm like i feel like that's so different and i Mm -hmm. so i know like to people of other identities i've definitely had like made microaggressions towards people that i'm probably not even aware of and that i hopefully have grown from and it's still and trying to grow from and trying to unlearn things and you really don't notice that you have these things in your head until it either gets pointed out to you or you see it in somebody else and you're like oh I, I, I do that so I think it's it's a huge like growing process and um and I mean, Marianne was talking about how like because her um, parents are really homophobic and like so they instilled these ideas in her head when she was younger and she was like anytime that i felt a type of way or said something to somebody that sticks in my head and i feel guilty about that and i remember that to this day and i was like yeah, you're right like anything that i've done that uh, like is unsettling to me sticks in my head i remember that and i feel guilt about that so i feel like if somebody's out here saying the n-word or like doing doing something that's super outlandish you're gonna remember doing that
0: right yeah Feel like adulthood is basically unlearning like I I thought like adulthood was like I mean I am learning a lot of other stuff but I'm also like actively having to unlearn lots of things from my childhood Whether that's just like some sort of traumatic event that happened that like changed my personality and having to like unlearn that trauma or it's like unlearning some sort of lesson that someone I admired said to me, you know? And like taking that to heart and then realizing, oh, that's actually not okay. Or just like what the public school system has tried to teach me, you know? It's a lot of unlearning.
1: Yeah, It's hard, it's a hard, I had no name the other day. Said that um, growing and unlearning is a hard and embarrassing process, and it is. And I, memory
0: mm-hmm. of it. Yeah, definitely. So we were talking about activism, and we had touched on school system and having to unlearn things. And I think part of that too, like obviously, I went to two different. Well, I shouldn't say obviously, but a lot of people know I went to two different high schools. Mm-hmm. Uh, And part of it was going to Eagan High School was the most impersonal education experience I've ever had. I didn't have teachers that cared about me or knew my name, really, you know. Very few people at Eagan High School addressed me as a person. I had that one math teacher that called me Madison's twin because I looked like another girl. And I had him for three trimesters. And through all of that, he called me Madison's twin. And I ended up failing his class. I think partly because of trauma, things happening in our lives, but also because I wasn't having like a personal connection to it, you know? Yeah, that's the same for me. Like I don't really care about a class. I care about the teacher, the teacher cares about. Right, and I thought that was just how the education system should be. And I thought, okay, this is just part of getting older. Like, I had connections to teachers when I was in elementary and middle school and I got much better grades. And so I thought, well, this is just part of high school. Like I'm in a new school where I don't feel like I fit in that well and I don't have personal connections to teachers, but there's also a lot more people here. And it just was like a really, really hard experience for me. And that's why I ended up making the decision to go to SES. And I, like, found a love for learning again. And SES, like, has their own set of issues, but I felt more of a connection to teachers there, and, like, they cared about my personal life more and how I was doing as a person. Um, and then even into college, I thought, okay, it's going to be kind of like Egan again because, like, hundreds and hundreds of students again in a college setting, and I had more personal connections in my college classes than I've ever had before. Yeah. Then it made me, like, now with this EHS call-out, or the Egan call-out that you've been a part of, I've kind of realized, like, oh yeah, there are some major issues at the school, and it wasn't just me. Yeah. Um, So I would love for you to talk a little bit about... The Egan Call Out and the ISD one ninety-six call out, what the goals are. Yeah. Um, the Egan Call Out was
1: started by a group of eight alum from Egan, myself included, would like to point out that Nautica Flowers has was the one who like initially created it, fronted mm-hmm. it, and kind of lead us and Alita, she probably that, but she like deserves the credit. And we just we um, wanted to create a platform where current students and alum could come forward about their stories that they faced at the hands of faculty of um, Egan High School and um, submit their stories. We created a document with all the stories and all the accusations against teachers. And um, we're meeting with the superintendents of IC 196
0: next Wednesday. And and, oh, sorry to interrupt you, but did it kind of start with, they have a faculty, a newer faculty member, because he was in school the same time you guys were in school, and he was an abuser, if I'm not mistaken, correct? And they hired him, and it started out with like a sexual abuse call-out page. They have not fired him, and so that's where it kind of turned into this Egan call-out, is that correct? Yeah, there's this guy
1: who abused in so many different ways um one of my friends who is a part of the group and he like there's screenshots video evidence like so many so much evidence proving him admitting to all these things but you really
0: shouldn't need evidence you know besides like a witness's testimony for those kinds of things but i mean that helps back it up
1: but she made a case against him when they were in high school and he has, like, an insane amount of connections. So um, it, it was a really scary process for her. And I'm not going to speak too much on that. But she came forward to people in the school. The principal of the school, Polly Rykowski, called her a liar, diminished her and the story completely. To this day, to this day, this one random girl that doesn't even know the person that, um, whose story it is emailed Holly Rykowski asking for them to fire the guy because this abuser, who was well-known an abuser, Holly Rykowski and a lot of staff knew, hired him at the school to be a coach. And so I was working with children on top of him being an abuser and a woman hater and like just a sociopath, but they hired him and um, this girl emailed them asking for them to fire him and saying that he, it was unsafe for him to work in school. And Polly Rykowski practically said like, need I remind you, this is, I'm paraphrasing, but practically like, she wanted this, she consented to things she put in hand, so like, it's her fault, and she posts about it on her social, on her private social media. So like, she practically just like, F her, F this. She posts about it on social media, so it's not valid. Um, And then the other speech coach is on, Facebook slandering this girl, calling her a liar, and defending the abuser. So it's like there's so much deep, deep, deep um, woven things into. I mean, EHS's history and their faculty members.
0: And And really, it was just like one person being like, hey, I told you that this person is an abuser and there's evidence to support it. You didn't act on it now. And now you've hired him as a coach for children. And we're asking not only the person who was the victim, but also other people who are currently students there that are uncomfortable by the situation have asked for this person to be fired and they haven't taken action on it
1: yeah young girl she's a child mm-hmm. she's saying this man is doing these things to me and you call her a liar and brush her off and you say mm-hmm. you're gonna this good boy's reputation mm-hmm. he, her, he decided to do all these things and it's like she's a child and you're mm-hmm. telling that, like it's gonna impact her completely and like so many of the stories that we've gotten are similar stories of other like girls that
0: have come forward about those kinds of things and mm-hmm. it's like well and not only do we have the male female dynamic but he also is white and she is black so yeah like, that dynamic as well
1: like, Part into it polly rakowski is i would use the word white feminist but i don't even think she's a feminist either because she gave me such um this is a pg podcast bs in <laughs> high school Um, When I was trying to make different clubs, I tried to make a social justice club, I tried to make a black Lives matter club, I tried to make a feminist club and when I made the feminist club she told me that the word feminist is a controversial word and that she would um, get feedback from parents that they wouldn't want this club. Highly doubt that would happen. So I had to change it to the Women's Empowerment Club, so she would actually approve it. So it's like, she's not just a white feminist, I don't think she likes women either. (laughs) Like she, and she especially hates black women.
0: So this Egan call-out page was created in order to like amplify amplify more voices of different um, racial, sexual assault kind of cases, just like discrimination in general within the school um not only like between students but also like a like adult teacher to student always- and the pages receive more than like what they have posted but like the amount of stories that have come out it's like actually insane it's so sad there's a lot of transphobic
1: things that teachers did to students as well that um we've heard those stories as well and i had my own personal experiences like there was things
0: i didn't even notice
1: because I had some good relationships with some teachers there Mm -hmm. um and so that kind of skewed my view of my high school experience because I was like oh this teacher was here for me because I was homeless in high school and like I didn't have resources and I was like dirt poor and these couple teachers were like here for me and gave me things and stuff um and so it skewed my high school my vision of my high school experience because I was like oh well these teachers helped me so I didn't like nothing happened to me in that school but that's mm-hmm. not I was reading through the stories and the solutions that we got it brought up like I saw teachers names that were being accused of things and I was like oh my god they did things to me that I completely like forgot about like completely so I think that's so interesting and I'm wondering if the more stories people see that they're like oh my gosh something similar happened to me I can't believe mm-hmm. I forgot
0: yeah, like I kind of, I had told you about that like one girl that I almost like got into that like physical like altercation with, and she like started it, she called me names first or whatever, and I just had decided to stand up for myself for once, um, but I told you about the difference just in like our punishment, like we, and it wasn't the, it wasn't Polly's office we were brought to, like I think when I told you, I said like the principal's office or whatever, it was actually Stacey Jameson's office that we were brought to. He basically told me, like, oh, you're fine. Like, we know she's a troubled child, that she, like, causes issues, that she's, like, an angry black woman, basically. And that's something interesting, too, is they always refer to, like, these more vocal black girls as women, angry black women. I'm like, she's not a woman. She's, like, 16. But, yeah, I didn't, like, get any sort of punishment. There was nothing on my record about it or anything. And I feel like although she started it, I probably had equal part in it. And she was, like, threatened with another suspension. Like, she got more punishment for it. Daisy Jamison is – his job –
1: he's the only black teacher, faculty member, whatever, in that entire school. And his job – is to scream and yell at and suspend and expel other black students or other POC students because they they don't want a white teacher doing it because it's easier to excuse it if they have like a black faculty member doing it. And he is racist too, he is so racist and he hates black women and he constantly, constantly, constantly terrorizes black students in that school and I think it's so easily excused because he's a black man. And it's like, no, like the, the Stories of him and the things he did, and like he said, like the language he used, like calling like young black girls like women and calling them angry. And it's like if that was a white student doing the same thing, it'd just be like he's troubled, or there's something going on in his house that we need to like help him. And it's like just the huge like difference in that treatment is like major.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, I mean, like, maybe she came at me because she was, like, having a hard day. Maybe she had something going on at home. Maybe there's something that happened at school, you know? You don't know why that she, like, came at me and called me names, like, out of nowhere. But instead of, like, trying to, like, help her, like, give her resources, figure out what's going on, give her, like, bring her to a counselor, like, figure out why is she someone who they think causes issues, There was something bigger there, you know? No one is just, like, angry to be angry. Or cause trouble cause trouble, like... Right. So, the fact that they just, like, kept on punishing her instead of trying to, like, help her, like, that is not what the education system should be. Mm -hmm. And I think, if I'm not mistaken, that's probably one of the main goals of this call-out page, right? Is to just, like, kind of change the education system. Uh, Yeah. Like...
1: so in response to us um, doing this and like the word getting out about it, a lot of teachers from Egan have reached out and um, they've created a group of teachers, that the anti-racism group of teachers um, that read certain literature and things like that. Um, but it's difficult because yes, we want change. Yes, we want, new training programs and them to be educated but at the same time like asking us for the work that we did literally they messaged us and they were like can we have your work practically can we have your work and use it and it's like do your own work like we're doing this and bringing it to superintendents because you are the ones that did this against the students why would we give you these students stories that they trusted us with and be like Give it to their abusers, do what you wish. <laughs> like, that doesn't make any sense. And they're going about it in a really difficult, like, wrong way. And um, a lot of the teachers that are on that committee have accusations against them. And it's like, how, how are you going to dissect that when a group of a bunch of abusers are sitting around talking about racism? Like, that doesn't make any sense. And I don't know. It's difficult, and we're trying to navigate it, and they keep messaging us and things us up, asking us what they should do or telling us that they we have their support. So it's an interesting dynamic, but I do think there are a lot of teachers that need to step down and give space because there are no um, Black teachers in that school. There's very, very, very few POC teachers, and... They need to get Polly Rykowski fired, point blank, period. Polly Rykowski needs to leave that school if anything's going to change. So. One
0: interesting point that Nataka had brought up was, like, it is known that Polly Rykowski hates kids and students. And I was like, oh, dang, I didn't even think about that. But, yeah, that was, like, a known thing that is, like, she hates kids. Like, everyone talked about it. And it's like, why is she a principal of a school of children, then? <laughs> Literally a running joke
1: that she hated and it was so funny because when I was in school any anything that happened in my school any mistreatment of like my um not even just my friends just students in the school that I knew of oh I would go to her office my little like briefcase purse thing and sit down and be like I need to talk to Polly and I would like sit off and be like we need to do something about this and I would like be in her face and she's like yeah, Lanny. like, we're doing something, like, she would get so annoyed by me, because I was literally in her office, like, multiple times a week, yelling at to do something about it, and I remember she was there for my, like, avid speech, me being, like, I know, I literally made a joke about how irritated she was by me in her office, and it was true, and, like, she got annoyed that there were students that wanted to create change in her school, and it was, like, she'll probably give her pat a pat um, on the back to herself for letting me create a women's empowerment club but it's like it took me a whole year for her to approve that I literally had to get signatures from over 100 faculty and like students for me to create that and I had to change the club so many different times so it's like she does hate students she hates people trying to create change in her school like this one kid wrote a swastika on his Halloween costume and smiled and posed with it and I brought the picture into her office and talked about it with her and was like, You need to expel this student. Like, what is wrong with you? And um, she was like, Yeah, we're dealing with it. He said that he didn't know the picture was being taken of him and that somebody randomly wrote it on his costume into a picture. Like, He's smiling and posing with it in the picture. What do you mean? Like, and he literally got like suspended for two days and came back. And it's like his friend constantly would make bomb cuts at the school, wrote swastikas all over his notebooks and items and like we'll constantly talk about how much he hated like
0: Jewish people and like this and that and um will you just touch on what because there is the five days of demands and like the two days of action will you talk about what those five days of demands and what you expect from Egan high school
1: yeah so we did five days of demands so we could Try and create some concrete change within the school. Um, our first day was um, that we want um, Polly Warkowski fired and her administration replaced because I view that's where, well, not just I, a bunch of students and everybody that's on the board with me, that's where the root of the problem is. Those are the people that are terrorizing the students and.
0: Uh-huh. And without firing them, you're just kind of going to put a band-aid over any sort of issue, you know? Like, it's better just to start fresh. There's obviously some deep-seated things in there that aren't going to be able to be fixed. Yeah,
1: so that was our first day. Our second day is to change disciplinary action. So keep cops out of school. Cops do not need to be in schools. Cops were put in schools to prevent um, school shootings. Every school shooting has not been prevented by a cop.
0: Well, they're also not constitutionally obligated to intervene in school shootings. They could literally just peace out if a school shooting happens.
1: Good luck, you on your own. <laughs>
0: um, also, it's very interesting to me that that is a demoted position. So, like, if you have complaints against you in your precinct, like, you have abuse allegations, you have racist allegations you get demoted to an SRO in a high school full of students. It's so bizarre to me.
1: I have a bunch of complaints against you because you are terrorizing black people on the streets. You put in a school where you can terrorize young black children, and that happens all the time. Like that um, one young girl who, I believe she was 16, that got dragged across the classroom by her hair, by a police officer, for not wanting to get up. These Cops aren't doing any good uh-huh. whatsoever. They're just creating terror. So it's like we, um, putting in those funds towards other things, creating counselors um, that have different marginalized identities so they can t- talk with students and help them and like figure out what to do. There should not be cops in schools whatsoever. That is completely unnecessary. Day three, replace all predatory, racist, ableist, abusive staff. Um, commit to hiring two plus counselors of color, uh, change reporting systems because obviously students coming forward to faculty members about their abuses isn't working because mm-hmm. they they blame it on them. Um, hire guest speakers and companies of color. Um, so practically just replacing all of these teachers that have such large big accusation against them. We should be replacing them um, and replacing them with teachers that are going to reform school, help the school, give a platform to students of color so they have someone to go to and somewhere to feel comfortable. And then we need a complete curriculum overhaul. So um, That's a a
0: huge one for me, like the whitewashing of history and all of it, like what the kinds of books we had to read in our English literature classes and having teachers that freely like say the n-word because we're reading To Kill a Mockingbird, and it's so disgusting.
1: That was such a thing. So many, so many, so many English teachers. There were, This was a big thing, and this happened when I was in Egan. I luckily wasn't in that class, but I heard from so many of, like, my friends that a few teachers would literally be like, okay, who thinks we should say the N-word, and who thinks we shouldn't? You would have to raise your hands, and then... I was in that, that class. I
0: don't remember the name. It was a woman. Karen Terhark? Nancy I don't want to say anything just because like I can't remember, but I do remember the teacher having like a conversation with us about the N word and how it was okay to say it when it's in literature. Um, and how it's a historical thing. So in this historical context, we have to use accurate terms and and so that's like for a long time I thought like okay if the n words in music and I'm singing along this song it's fine you know those kind that kind of mentality well that's not fine and it's part of it is because in high school I had a teacher tell me that it was okay like that's messed up yeah so all these white kids are
1: hearing the teacher say that it's okay if you use it in certain ways we're mm-hmm. a white woman sitting there saying that where where qualifications to say that. Excuse uh-huh. me. Um, but yeah, that was the huge thing in Mockingbird, And then they would have um the students that disagreed stand up and advocate for why they think. And like that is such a traumatizing thing to have to go through to literally, especially for black students to advocate your fucking existence like to other students being like, please, please, please don't traumatize me every single day for the couple weeks that we read this book. Like I Like, please don't do that. Like, that shouldn't, why are you doing that to kids? Like, that's ridiculous. But also, um, yeah, so like removing traumatic media from the curriculum. And I do think there needs to be a huge change in um, what the kind of literature that teachers are um, using and also history teachers teaching um, certain aspects about history and going beyond colonialism and slavery when it comes to indigenous and black history being taught in schools mm-hmm. and luckily for me I had a teacher that would go out of her way to teach about those things um and would go against the curriculum that she was given and I like appreciate her to that day um she so she would like go against um what she was she would teach obviously what she was doing. she mm-hmm. also would incorporate what she was doing, so she could teach beyond what they are saying because it shake, this idea where like for example a lot of people say all the time that they don't know indigenous people still exist or they think native people still live in things like that and it's like are you like are you joking like so I think that also plays into um, what we're being taught in schools there are these like absurd ideas like indigenous people don't exist anymore is because we don't teach past colonialism like, We don't Mm teach white people's relationships to indigenous and black people. Like, it's ridiculous. Um,
0: Well, just like a little side note, did you hear, like, you've obviously heard about the protests at Mount Rushmore and everything, and did you hear about white protesters were yelling at Native American protesters, go back to your country? Uh, (laughs) I was like... Wow, the education system has really failed you. (laughs) Go back to your country, Karen. (laughs) (laughs) Were those all the days of demands, or was there another one? Day four, um, update
1: faculty hiring and training. That's a big one. So um, hire black uh, women diversity educators for staff and students require both diversity and sensitivity training to be done on a consistent basis. And I think that's like um at least for me, that's like a major, major one that I if anything, walking out of this, like I hope that we get all of these things, but if anything walking out of this, I want new training programs in place, like created and set by um students of color and um faculty members of color um to Great new training because it's like they should be going through these training programs every single year to learn how to be a good ally, if they're capable of being an ally. Um, and create a school environment that is safe and not traumatizing. Um, officially make using slurs towards students a fireball offense, yes. and. And the culture of using free emotional, mental, and physical labor for marginalized students create a staffed position for students to report faculty behavior. I think day four is, like, a really important one for me, so. Yeah,
0: Yeah, I know some of the response has been, like, those are really extreme requests, but I think that they're all very adequate, and I don't, I think we shouldn't expect anything less.
1: I think it's because people are, like, well, I don't want to leave my job or I don't want my like husband or my friend to have to like leave their job. And it's like, if they're traumatizing students doing terrible things, they should leave their job. And if they're really an ally and they have all these accusations against them and they're going to actually practice what they preach, they should be like, I'm stepping down from my position and I'm going to make sure a teacher of color is hired in my field. And I think like that, is the least they could do if you have all these accusations against you. Mm -hmm. You can try and, like, work on yourself, but if you are one of the people that has, like, 15 accusations against you about you traumatizing students, and especially students of color, over and over and over, you can't be reformed in your position. Like, you've been doing this for so long. You're a grown adult that is doing this. Mm -hmm. You're lost.
0: Yeah. So, moving forward, You guys have been, I know that a person who is running the ISD 196 call-out page, I know that she had a meeting with superintendents just recently, and she did an update about it. And you said that you, your, like, group for, like, the Egan call-out page has been having meetings. What are you hoping, or what is the plan moving forward? yeah so me
1: so nautica created a um meeting with them next wednesday we coordinated it so i could uh, be there as well because i really do want to be there and i want to make sure nothing goes over their heads or they take nautica seriously as well because nautica one is so eloquent in her words and part of that is because she's in speech and debate but she's so eloquent and so um capable but i also don't want them overlook her diminish her because she is a black woman so I do want to be there for that. Um, and we are meeting with them to talk about our days of demands and we are bringing them the full list of accusations against um, faculty members. So my hope within this is that one they'll read through or will read to them the accusations against the teachers and they will take them seriously and realize that these students taking the time to write up these long stories about what happened to them, the reason they're doing this is because it's trauma. They were put through time and time again going to the school. If you are the superintendent of this district, you should want change. You should want to be running good, decent schools. And these accusations should mean something to them. It should make them want to create changes in these schools and take our demands seriously. And I think the amount of accusations against Polly, even not the amount, just The details of them and the things she's said and done is disgusting and they should not be behind her or supporting her. I recognize that that is one of them in a way. So there might be this some weird level protection of her and her job. You should not be wanting to protect or support her in that position. She should be removed. And I think getting Polly removed and putting um, new training programs in place and hiring especially black women into the school is something that me personally is the biggest things that I wanna push for with them in the meeting. And I'm sure Nautica has um, things, obviously we both support um, everything we have said to the full extent, but um, those are the things that I feel personally really, really passionate about. And I'm sure she has her own. Um, so I'm just hoping that they sit down with us, actually listen and actually take to heart and like create action and change within
0: the school well I know that I am the older sister here but I definitely look up to you when it comes to everything that's happening in the world and with this Egan call out group I have never had it within me to do something like this even when I've like thought about it and like wanted to I mean you know me I'm not like a confrontational person I always just kind of like skirt around the issues, you know, even if I have really strong beliefs, I'm not one to like talk about them very vocally, if I think that it's like quote unquote political, even though black lives existing should not be political, you know, but I definitely look up to you and everything that you're doing and I've been trying to model my behavior after it better and I feel like I'm finally starting to find my voice within these issues. So I apologize that it took me this long and I like, <laughs> really just support what you're doing.
1: Thank you. I appreciate that. And I do think I have noticed um, you using mean- your voice more and stuff and i i do recognize that and i appreciate that and i
0: appreciate you <laughs> uh, it's difficult it doesn't come naturally for me like i have a really hard time posting stuff on social media and i have a really hard time making phone calls or sending emails like it just like is uncomfortable
1: you have phone call anxiety even trying to like get a pizza from a pizza shop so like i understand that part but um yeah, no, I appreciate you using like, your voice and finding that. And I think, like you said, you're a, cancer, you're a little more passive. I'm a Leo. I'm a fire sign. So I'm very, like, I'm hot-headed. I'll tell people how it is. I'm not scared to piss people off or for them to hate me based off of something that, uh, like, is so important and should not, like you said, these should not, human rights should not be a political issue. And it's ridiculous that it is. And I, I don't know, I've always been very fiery, and I'm not
0: going to stop now, so. <laughs> <laughs> well, I feel like we've been talking for quite a while here. Eventually, like, I want to do a episode where we kind of just talk about life more, you know, so we can talk about, like, our childhood, maybe, that will be interesting to dive into, or, like, where you see yourself in the future, and that kind of stuff, but I don't want to keep you any longer if yeah, have things to
1: do a lot of this out um but <laughs> i appreciate you having me on your podcast and letting me talk out my neck for an hour so
0: <laughs> well yeah thanks for letting me record it hopefully this audio isn't completely awful i've never used zoom to try to record before so hopefully it's actually usable <laughs> <laughs> oh
1: uh, my god I-
0: yeah well, I will talk to you soon, then. I'm going to stop recording this now. Uh... Thank you all for listening. And thanks to Lanny for letting me interview her and pick her brain about her activism a little bit and her personal life. I'm super appreciative to her letting me record that conversation for this podcast. If you're wanting to contribute to the Egan call-out efforts, Please check out their Instagram at the Egan Out page. Um, they also have the link to their petition on that page. So please go sign the petition. They're still looking for more signatures. And thanks as always for listening. And I will talk to you all next week. Have a great rest of your night.